Hello, educators and friends of educators. Welcome to the After School Talk podcast, where we discuss hot button issues in education and search for possible solutions. A podcast for educators by educators. This podcast is sponsored by The Right Effect. That's R-I-T-E Effect. The Right Effect provides an educational approach with a twist. At The Right Effect, educators learn how to use interventions implemented through school-based extracurricular activities to promote school belonging, academic motivation, and positive school culture. Check out The Right Effect at www.therighteffect.com. Again, that's www.therighteffect.com. And follow him on Instagram at The Right, right Effect. I'm your host, Dr. Dukes, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow educator, Mr. Dukes. Not only are we married, but we also have a combined 15 years of experience in education. We want to say thank you for listening and please subscribe to our podcast, The After School Talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of After School Talk. And it's your host and co-host, host and hostess, host and whatever else. It's two people that's married and we talking on these microphones. For this particular podcast, my name is Mr. Melvin Dukes and Dr. Sharon Dukes. Hey, Doc, how you doing? I'm good. I'm trying not to laugh. Um, don't laugh because we're on the air. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it's y'all impossible. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is our small talk time, so we gotta uh, make sure we have our small talk. We always try to figure out what we're gonna have small talk about, and it's always random. Uh, it's never any uh method to the madness or anything like that. Nope. So it just normally we right figure there. it out like right before we normally we figure click it out record. Like right before we click record. We really don't have nothing to talk we about. We really today, don't though. have anything to talk about today though. <laughs> How your job going? Oh, it's going good. It really is. That's good. Ask oh, me how wait, going. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Let me All right, go ahead. What you got? Um, how's yours going? What the world? How's your job going? Mine going good, but you got to finish saying about yours. Oh, okay. Everything's going good. I know we were talking about the end of the semester is coming. Um, I will say being on a college campus, you see the pressure of the end of the semester a little bit more. Yes. yes like, is, for real. Yeah, they stress. Like, <laughs> students actually know, okay, final exams are coming up. Mm-hmm. Students actually know it's time to buckle down instead. Like, one of my student ambassadors came to me yesterday and was like um Ms. dude i ain't gonna be able to you know get all my hours in um for this month just because i know i'm gonna be grinding studying for for my final exam and for a second i was like these students are actually studying for their final exam that's just something i'm we you know we're not even necessarily used to oh on mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things and mm-hmm. our former uh places of employment yeah sometimes with high school students it's like Okay. They'll come know. in and, blah, and blah, my blah. educators know. So students will come into class and it's like, oh, we got a test today? <laughs> All right, then. Mm-hmm. A test that you've been talking about for the last two weeks. Right. And, uh, but the other thing, too, was that um, working at a PWI versus HBCU, my experience was recognizing when exam season was taking place based on attire. Because HBCUs, you had to come with the heat with your clothing. <laughs> you you typically were dressed up through the week, um, especially on Wednesdays. If you were a school like Payne College, they had chapel. Wednesdays was the days to really come with your Sunday's best on a Wednesday. Not even just Payne with chapel. I think it seemed like most HBCUs, Wednesday, Wednesday was the was day to mm-hmm. dress up. That's that's interesting because I, I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember several classes. Or even like my philosophy class. I think yeah, Wednesday was the day that we dressed up. Or mm-hmm. psychology or some, some class. Which I will say, no shade. But that's a fact that that's missing at PWIs. Because I think HBCUs recognize that they had students who may be coming from areas who did not know how to dress up. Did not know what professional attire was. And they needed those moments to understand it and be prepared for the workplace. Right. And so at PWIs, you don't have that. So sometimes I see with students, you just are not aware. You don't know. So, and I said it to say, typically they wear sweatpants and hoodies all the whole year round. So that's why the, the attire, I was like, everybody's still wearing sweatpants and hoodies. That's, mm. that's the, that's it. Yeah, that's what they wear. That's what it is anyway. But, <laughs> not at the historically bad college. One boy put on Twitter, 
few months ago, he said, um, whatever HBCU he goes to, he said, I'm realizing I don't have enough clothes to go to HBCU. I'm trying to tell you, it's a fashion <laughs> show. It's a fashion show. It really it's is. It's a fashion and show. And you can take that. And, and not, not in a bad way. Yeah, you can take it and think that it means, like, oh, that's all they care about. No, it's, it is a good moment to be prideful in your appearance and um, showing that you take yourself and the school seriously. Absolutely, and always being ready for conversation about you know whatever the given topic is i think that's the the other part just just making making sure students are are prepared for you know any yeah, that situation that was, i think yeah yeah keep them prepared and, and stay on your toes and always be ready to go like you know just like in in, in the street like just be ready to go and fight pop off hey let, let's go but on the but on the college campus, most of like, hey man, always be at an educated mind. Be ready to have a conversation mm-hmm. about something. Now, nah, and I'm gonna tell you what I like the best. Um, I think this is one of their uh phrases, I guess you say, a Morehouse man is well dressed, well rounded, well traveled, whatever. But I love at the beginning of the year when Morehouse um students will do the video clip of all of them dressed up going to I don't know if they're going to convocation, whatever it is they're going to, but they all these black men with these different suits and and outfits that look GQ ready. It's just magic. It's just magical. Cause these students take it so seriously and it's such a tradition at their school that they take the time out to really make sure their attire is A1. A1. One hundred percent. So I really, I really appreciate and miss that about Circle Bay Colleges. But at the same time, I don't care what college you are at, exam time seems to be a stressful moment. So these students are not only preparing for tests, but essays and then preparing to pack up to go home because they got to go to home for the holidays. And you got something that can't go home because they can't fly in for Thanksgiving and Christmas. So there's just a lot of commotion going on during these last couple months. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But what we, okay. So besides that, though, um, what are we talking about today? What are um, we continuing to talk about today? So I know on the last episode, we were talking a lot about, um, how basically just how you got into even thinking about going to get your doctorate and what what caused that that thought to to come to uh I'm about to do something real quick don't mind me people i just need to turn this light off over here i well, know they can, i know they can't see the light right so they're go gonna hit a chair move and stuff go turn the light off then. <laughs> keep going but um, what we talking about but yeah we we today we just want to do a, a recap on what we talked about on the last episode and, and like i said on the last episode we just basically talked about uh just how you went from, you know, working in the school system and making that decision to say, you know what, I need to go get my doctor. Because a lot of people, I, I realize, they either just have a passion for education and learning and stuff like that, or something happens that make them say, you know what, I'm going to go get this doctor. And I think that's the... So or money. Or, or money, yeah. Um, you know, there, there's always some kind of reason to make you, you know, go back, go, go back or go further. And on the last episode, we were just talking more about that. So, can you give us a, a recap, recap on, of okay. on your life so you get, leading up to Okay, okay, hush, now. All right, go ahead. We just talked about how country we are. And it ain't going nowhere. It's not. So, if you listen to this episode and you hear our Southern Augusta accents, as our friend Jasmine said, this is real. This is, this. hey. And please do not let the Southern accent make you think we are not academically gifted because we are. Try us if you want to. Okay. You can make an A on the essay real quick. But anyways, so just a recap. Um, I intended to work in higher education, uh, specifically in student activities. Um, but my first uh, job out of grad school was in admissions. I recognized that the district I was from as a student that I graduated from um, was struggling in preparing students for meeting with admissions counselors and really knowing what to do in the admissions process. That led into me becoming a graduation coach for one of the local high schools which is and the largest high school in the county. When I got that job as a graduation coach, the whole idea was that my job responsibility was to work with at-risk students. At the time, there was a list of what at-risk students looked like, whether it was socioeconomically challenged. Good job. You did it. Hey. Um, teen pregnancy. Um 
oh goodness, grades, attendance, behavior. It was just a list of things. But then it also at that time we had the Georgia graduation test that students had to start taking their junior year. And they had until senior year to pass the components of the graduation test or else they would not graduate. So my responsibility was to help any student who was at risk if they needed to speak to me or were having any challenges and then to help the students to pass the graduation test. Those two things were difficult to do when there's no real implementation process to helping and working with students. So eventually, fast forward, I started to use my graduate degree of student affairs to really pull in some programs to help students feel a stronger connection to the school and as if they belong as a member, regardless if you were failing every class or you were excelling in every class, that you felt like a true member of the the community and then we can build those relationships and keep you more grounded and increase your academic motivation and your sense of belonging to the campus that worked very well to the point where we saw increases in graduation rate front page of the newspaper we are doing things having schools to come in and, and see how we are modeling student engagement or student involvement for a high school right so that was great but I um, eventually, I was under a grant at that school. So I moved to a different school to continue doing that, that style of programming. Um, and at that time, I thought that it would be helpful if the district looked into everybody who was now an intervention specialist, not a graduation coach, they changed our titles. And the, the ones who are now intervention specialists, if we could all work together in doing similar programming across the schools and collaborate, and that could be our form of professional development and ways to increase engagement at our schools amongst each other. Because when you're doing it solo, it's good, but sometimes it's helpful to be collaborate with each other. So, whew, excuse me. So I get a whole notebook together that outlines everything I was doing from um, leadership skills, um, freshman transition student involvement, student activities, mentoring programs, um, academic support, had a whole notebook with every initiative that I do with that and the data and how the program runs. I go down to the district to talk to the higher ups, as they say. And I was told that um, because I didn't have a certification, nobody would listen to me. Exact words was because I do not have certification, no one will listen to you which did not make sense because the people I'm talking to are people who should be listening to me. Right. Also at this time, if you don't know what certification means, um, to be a teacher or to be an administrator for the district, you needed to have a certification and pass the state exam. So before coming to the school, remember I was at a grant position. I considered maybe I'll go into counseling because the whole grant job is kind of unstable. You don't know when the grant's right. going to run out. Right. But I realized I don't want to do that there. That's, for a student affairs person, that's more academic advising. I didn't want to do academic advising. So I explained to the person that I actually took the state exam and I passed in the areas of counseling and ed leadership, but that's not what I want to do, nor is this certification required for the current job I work. So if the certification is not required, why is that a factor? And then she continued to say, well, I think if you get your certification... And then, yeah, that's how I felt when she was talking. <laughs> I was so, that was discouraging. That was the moment I realized that the county really looked at our positions as inferior. There was this idea of certified versus classified. And to give you a greater picture, most of these, all of the certified positions were administrators and um, teachers and district employees. Classified positions were us, administrative assistants, lunchroom workers, and custodians. But yet you can have people like us who have doctorates and 20 years of experience and they're now a retired teacher working in this field. But you click, but you classified. Right. Pat you on the back. That's so cute that you want to come up here and volunteer is the way our position was looked at. It wasn't really looked at a credible position within the county. I don't care what they say. Okay. So then once I get back to my job, now I'm in the space of what do you do now? Right. So um, now that's the recap. I want to take a couple steps back uh, to talk about a couple of things. Um, first thing you mentioned was, and you said a lot that I want to kind of go back on. First thing was sure. your presentation. You developed, you creating this uh, notebook that you kept track of, of everything you were doing, all your initiatives, the data that came from it. Um, you know, how, I guess how it helped students, hurt students, whatever. You kept track of everything you were doing and you were ready to present. What was the basis of your presentation or the topic of your presentation or 
what were you just trying to get the panel, I guess you can say, to see from your from your presentation? So the example would be if I am doing a freshman transition program in mm-hmm. my school, mm-hmm. what does it look like to do a freshman transition program at all other high schools? Okay. So we get if we we have this model of having a peer group for students. We come in and bring the freshmen in for this orientation tour of the school, pair them up with a peer mentor, whatever the program is. Now, reflect that for this school. Reflect that for this school. What That was the whole per- premise. Right, right, So right. that all of these programs would come up under an intervention specialist, and that's how we, we would run them through the county. So basically, you start them at your school, and it's like, let's kind of spread it to other schools and see if we have the same kind of results. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, all and right. see, that also brings about unity, because if I'm a student, which, which I kept seeing an issue with, I'm a student and I come over to um, school A and you have a whole freshman transition program and not a freshman academy for my people in Richmond County. Please do not think this is a freshman academy where we hold all the freshmen to themselves in a building. No, no. This is just like entering college when there's an orientation for you to get more acclimated with the campus that you can meet older students who can be a mentor for you. And so that those first few weeks of school are not as scary as they can be that's the whole purpose of a transition and then we meet back up with these school these students throughout the semester to make sure that they are uh, feeling safe protected uh confident and and know what's going on in the school building basically right so if i'm a student i go to school a and this is all the way broken down like that like i know that my peer mentor is melvin dukes and he helps me with whatever's going on and um, he told me how to sign up for clubs and he told me where to go for tutoring. When you have that going on and then the kid transfers to another school or they rezone and their little brother, little sister goes to another school and they're looking like, we don't have nothing over here like that. Hey, you they, Think about it. There are, there are students who got their schedule and their first time walking into that building and figuring out where to go was the first day of school. Yeah. And you can say whatever with the parent, but we, we really had some kids, grandma or granddaddy or foster kid, whatever it was, they didn't have the chance to come and do a walkthrough during open house. Or you had an open house some years back in the day, failed like the week of school. So Right. And and I think I, I let me add this little part in there. Um, for my educators that's listening, just think about you going off to college and you never visit that school. Granted, it, it may have happened to you. Um, and I know it, it does happen sometime now, but in the grand scheme of things, think about you going off to college and the first time you stepped on that campus was the first day of class. First day of class. Not moving. Not day, moving day. Not moving day, but first, the first day, of day of class. class. So you gotta, you know, learn the campus and get everywhere you need to be on that very first day, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure things out. So based on what you're saying, you want to make it where you had something going on during the summertime or before school started. Mm-hmm. To have these new incoming freshmen come in, check out the campus, learn the campus, learn what different, you know, important spaces are, quote unquote, like your guidance or your uh right. or your uh, main office, administrator's offices, um, just whatever you you know you had going on at school, that kind all of that kind of stuff. Just find out where different uh places were in the school. Right. That's what you want to do. Yes. Yeah, so or one of the things you want to do. Yeah, it's one of the things. It's just one right. of the things, but also to think about if we're doing this collaboratively with all the high schools, everybody is um, coming up with different ideas. You can work on it together. You can um, make sure your scheduling works out. Because sometimes it needs to be, okay, you're going to do yours the week before. I'm going to do mine the week after. Um, we can even do some collaboration things together, bringing our students together is something. But that it would just it would be happening within the entire county and not something um, segregated to one school. Which seems like something that should be happening, or like they should have welcomed because, like, okay, you think about your teachers. When we have collaboration in the school, number one, mm-hmm. um, all your history teachers or your English teachers or your math teachers or whatever, science teachers or whatever, everybody, let's just say everybody teaching that, that's teaching one particular subject. I'm going right. to use math because I'm a former math teacher. Um, everybody that's teaching geometry. Y'all get together, talk about what you're going to do. Everybody should be doing basically the same thing. And then if it's if it's one particular lesson where it's like, you know, Mr. Jones going to go do this and mm-hmm. see how that work out. And then bring it back to the mm-hmm. to the group. Let's see if everybody can do that same thing. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like that's the exact same thing you had in mind for, you know, your position and and the, the people in in that this same position at other schools. Because let's Paul, collaborate and come up with something. Let's think about this because you got to remember I've been working in the school system. My, at this time, at this time I'm working in the school system, right? Yeah. My mother, 
I have cousins. Right. I have my, my husband who are teachers who I have seen you pull every math teacher in the entire district to a professional learning. Right. How many people is that? Right. <laughs> there were at the time maybe eight to ten intervention specialists. We're just talking about a small group of people that at least, you know, hmm, this is interesting. Put them all together because it, it, in my mind as a leader, because this is let you know if somebody's an effective leader or not. That's the other problem with some district people. They're not really good leaders. They just have somehow hopped up here to these positions. Let's, let's be honest. And when you're not an effective leader, what you don't realize is this. Even if you don't think that program is necessarily going to work. Bring everybody together because then you would have had the voices to come together to say whether or not it was going to work, right. which should have been the next step. Like, okay, let's take this and let her present it to the other intervention specialists and see if they even want to do it. Because if everybody looked at me and was like, that's trash. Want to do it or talk about it and develop it into something else. Right. That, but, that if, but, but think about it, if everybody's looking at me and really say that's trash. Like if I really came in there with an idea that was just garbage and everybody else, what, what else can I say when the other people who work my job were, were going to say... I don't think right. that's right. But the part, the district person could have said, Hey, I did due diligence in trying to at least get this, um, seen to the right people and see if it become a part of our curriculum within the County. Right. Um, so, uh, just, so that, that kind of touched on, uh, what your topic of presentation was and what you want them to see through it, uh, see from it. Something else you talked about in your kind of recap was, um, this whole certification piece and you talking about uh, classified positions versus certified positions. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it's funny because you, you just mentioned about uh, how, you know, you'll take out uh, all the math teachers for collaboration, mm-hmm. but you won't do the same thing for these eight, eight people in this position. How do you see it or how did you see it? Um, how did you see your position viewed while you were there? Oh, um, like how how do you think people looked at your position? And when I say your position, I really mean yours and other what you call what classified position. Classified position. How did they look at classified position versus uh what certified? Yes. Yeah. So how did how do you think people looked at? And I, when I say people, I mean like the higher ups. How do you think they they view your position? An afterthought. Okay. Um, an accessory. So if I want to put on a necklace, I can, but it's not going to make or break my outfit. Mm, so right, it yeah. was it. If you have them yeah, at your yeah. school, yeah. oh okay, okay cool. You could you could do something with them, but if you something. don't, it's fine. It doesn't right. matter. And you were definitely trying to change that narrative, right? Because again, hmm, how can I say this? <laughs> I knew that the the things that we were able to develop at the first school were going so good, right? Like, and I'm saying this as a collaboration between administrators, teachers, students, we had developed something that was really vital, right? And when I left, a lot of the initiatives and the um, intentionality in them left. I don't know if the intentionality is a word, but if it if it ain't, you gonna I, I want it in my my dictionary. Said that my <laughs> with my grandma voice right there, but um, but the intentions of it may have changed, right? Okay, so um, while some things may have still continued, it would it didn't continue in the same um, standard. There you go. Because at the end of the day, what I tried to keep reiterating was this: teachers do not have time to wear eighteen hats. Right. Somebody else in the building has to take the weight of, of some of these activities and things that we want to do. And when you can have somebody who can devote the time to it, teachers can learn how to appreciate the activity and not see it as a burden or, or a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And, and the students can see a clear plan and procedure and how this affects their life. So for me, it was like, you're looking at this as an afterthought, but I know when I leave, this don't hurt. Absolutely. Like it's going to be a program that could have been helpful for a student that you no longer have because who else in the building has time for it? And, and, and then I was able to look at things from a student affairs lens. So you have nobody else in the county who has a student affairs degree, which is very unique. It's a, it's a unique d- degree. And so it helped me to really look at student development and programming outside of the, cl- outside of the classroom because that's what that's about. So we're looking at a, a different curriculum than core subject areas. Right. right, right. Where it, whereas you guys would do stuff where it's like, oh, we're going to do a leadership initiative. Let's all go out to breakfast with the students and have a guest speaker and then send them back to school. 
who what leadership skill did my student develop at that moment that we you know what I'm saying but it, it, it was because it was an afterthought it was a, oh we gotta okay we do need to do something like that let's put something together real quick versus right. having a group that really could have been the, the key people that planned out those things oh definitely hearing, hearing you talk about this it is a a position that i can i can see and could have seen working out very well had somebody just taking the time out to say you know what let's just try it and see and i think that's the that's the main thing from this whole thing just try it and see um and it's it's sad that you know classified versus certified position were looked at so differently like you say an accessory classified position were looked at as an as an accessory we, we we need a shirt on, we need some pants on, we mm-hmm. need shoes on, mm-hmm. but if I don't wear earrings, if I don't have on a necklace, if I don't wear a hat, it's cool. It's I, can, cool. I can still I can go still out survive. to the and, the school, and survive. And absolutely, school still and We're not saying absolutely. that you don't, but... But, but, but do they have the, the best health? They are surviving. Mm. They surviving, mm. but is, are they in the best Kind of like health? going out in the cold without a jacket on. You can go out there without a jacket yeah, you, on. Yeah, you... And you, you may be all right, maybe a little chilly, but right. when you catch that cold... Absolutely. You need some tussing. Yeah. <laughs> so anything else you want to add to the whole classified, you know, certified certification? Speaking of certification, what what kind of certification did they even want you to get? Counseling. Oh, they want you going to counseling. But then if you went into counseling, that would have took away everything you just said because counselors have their own job. I wish the people could see my face right now. <laughs> but that's stupid. Yeah. So I would have. So what would have happened was I would have got wrapped in with counselors. Do. Exactly. And now you right back I'm, out of yeah. this, pick, a this whole thing that position. I'm that I'm seeing that's like a thing that could be valuable in the school. I don't. I, I'm. I'm. I'm now one of the people that don't have time to devote to. Right. That's exactly, that's exactly what would happened. So I, that's why I was looking like, what are you? But you all. You was almost trying to get them a way out. Like let these things still happen. Mm-hmm. Just let me and my team of people do it. Yes. And my team of people being one person at each school. Yes. Because I knew other, okay, and because this was the other problem. You had people who had intervention specialists or graduation coach who would say, oh, they don't do anything. Well, ma'am, I can tell you from the first month that I was at the school, it's not very clear what we're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, because what pe- it's the same way when we were talking about um, Javante Boykin's um, question about coming in volunteering. It's a very difficult thing to double dutch into education when you're not a teacher a counselor or an admin right because where is your place in the building right because what i don't want to do is take you away from the teacher then the counselor feels like they trump you because they the counselor then the admin they they all over the place right. <laughs> they, they, so then it leaves you to just kind of double dutch your way into helping where you see fit versus having a clear program for these people mm-hmm. when we when you hire somebody in this field or not in this field in this position they have a clear cut this is what you're supposed to do and it, and it definitely sounds like you was trying to create that clear cut idea for what this position was going to be. That's the part I'm I'm realizing and tripping about now. <laughs> is like it's it's almost like we need to figure out what this position going to do. You didn't figure it out on your own mm-hmm. in your own time, mm-hmm. and they look at you like, uh, I hear you, but <laughs> we'll 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 keep fi- you know stabbing yeah, at a hammer and like, I hear you, but, uh-huh. and and figure out what we gonna do with you. Because the whole I'm content. trying to tell you what to do with me <laughs> and everybody else in this position at all the other schools, but you ain't trying to hear. That's but that's crazy. because our county focuses on the wrong things. This is all it is. This really it is because you worrying about test scores and this this and oh that's a a lot. It's, it's time it's, for me to say an ad real quick. If I can plug. Oh man, it's ad time. Right? Yes, ad time. It's really fast. And I just I gotta plug this person right here because uh, I had a chance to go to the um, NCTE conference in Columbia, South Carolina, and well, I said that South Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina, um, and I'm a graduate of the University of South Carolina, two time graduate. So my um, dissertation chair um, was very vital in helping me to become a part of this conference. And at this conference, I met an author named H. D. Hunter. And H.D. Hunter is an African-American author who has a book called Torment Novella. And if you get the opportunity, please visit his website at thesoutherndistrict.com. Thesoutherndistrict.com. His book is amazing, and he is going around the nation to use this book to help students with mental health. And um, he currently has um, several schools that he's been to. But if you follow him on Twitter, his Twitter handle is eight, at H 
D is in dog underscore T S D is in dog. Again, it's at H D underscore T S D. Um, you can see where he is doing campaigns to try to raise money for teachers to get class sets of his novel, um, to get out there and come into the teacher's classroom for it. Cause he will come into the classroom, um, for a week and teach on, on this topic. So if you're a literature teacher, you can be an administrator that you want to get a class, uh, a set for uh, a grade level. You may want to get a whole grade level set and talk about this, but I'm gonna read a little bit. Uh, really quickly about who he is. This is on his website, the Southern District. I dreamed of the Southern District when I was 19 years old. At first, it was just an escape, a fictional location where I could be everything I ever desired to be, achieve everything I ever yearned to achieve. Up until that point, I traveled the world mostly by way of turning pages in books. I felt like my life was every bit of what I had been given and none of what I could create. All of that changed. The goal today and for all the rest of my days is to shape my world, my existence through my dreams. We are stronger than we know. I'm a living testimony to the fact that dreams come true. We must not only imagine our deepest desires, but also but passionate action, put passionate action behind our creative ideas in order to design a better world for ourselves and those around us. The Southern District was just a dream, but it grew, but I grew it into my reality. I encourage and applaud you as you do the same. Welcome to the Southern District. So if you get a chance, please go look at the different books he has. Um, if you are a counselor or a literature teacher and you want to have topics about mental health in your classroom, the Torment, a novella book, is a good one to have. Mingo, thank you so much for that ad. You're welcome. Okay. He's a great person, though. Like, I don't know. We soon we lived each other. It was like, I, you know, I adopt a lot of little brothers. I just, mm-hmm. I just do that. I was like, this little brother right here. I just, just dope like he's a, just a dope person you know some people like you dope oh yeah you just you got it you got that flag all right go ahead all right so um getting back into the show <laughs> uh the podcast um wait what were we talking about certification uh um, yeah we was on the end of it so i i've i've I, um i've left the meeting being told that i need to get certification Certification and what they said, basically being a counselor, and that's gonna take away from you even doing this position. Um, so once that happened, you definitely had to go back to school, back to work, and kind of figure things out. Um, back to the job school, yeah, back, yeah, you had to go back to the job. Like, I, yeah, I actually, that was like in the morning, I went and met with this person, so I had to go back to work, yeah, (laughs) with the the poopoo face, (laughs) um, but but no, um. I mean, you you went back to work in the sense of, well, that's been shot down. Now let's mm. get back to it. So, what were your next steps? I guess in going back to work, like that's a good question. I, mm. I mean, I, I know it 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 kind of gave you that kick, that nudge to go and get the doctor, but I guess at the time I didn't know what I was getting. Like, get the doctorate, but what am I going to do? I got you. Okay. But then once I saw that um, USC had the curriculum instruction, my mind said, you have to be the one to create this K through 12 student affairs curriculum. Right. So that a institution will pick it up in an education department Mm -hmm. and that those who are going to work in education can take courses on this and then bring those ideas to school. Right. Because you're not going to make ground just doing doing it because because i i felt like i was working in a district that was cool with you doing it but that's it it's almost no, don't really push you yeah they don't want to they want to promote you to nothing yeah, like yeah. or when i mean i promote you something like push you like do this like this right. needs to be i just feel like it was like oh it's cute you're doing it that's cute but not keep a, it local yeah like not a, your school yeah not a like let's do this district wide or let's look into some other possibilities bring somebody in to do it was just like mm, okay so they, they weren't really looking to help at all no not not the the people and i'll say this the people who some of the people as co-workers would but not district-wide no wow that sucks doesn't it that really sucks so now we're at the point where i will say this god has to direct things in a certain way for you to um really grow into your full anointing Mm -hmm. so one thing I did realize is if I looked at that notebook I had then compared to what I have now based upon my dissertation, it I need I I personally, not for them to 
grasp the concept of the idea. You can grasp the concept of the idea based on what I told you. But for me to really get this idea of the K through 12 student affairs, I going through that program and doing my research and my dissertation is what got me to the next level of it. And what was the next level? Of, of recognizing that, that there was two complete differences between colleges and high schools like okay. from a curriculum standpoint right. you know what i'm saying right. so i was looking at, at it where students need to be involved they need things to do they need ways to connect to the campus and we're going to do this this but then it started going into this whole infrastructure is completely wrong like right. <laughs> it's it's messing up things so um the research and the um the idea of k through 12 student student affairs did not come until the degree Right. Okay. So initially, like I said, it was just these programs I thought of. Right. Not looking into them being things that could be nationwide. Right. I was just looking at my district, but once going through the program, I started looking nationwide at things based upon the research and the things that I was looking and the, the uh, educational institutions I was looking at. Okay. I, I think I it's it's slowly starting to make a little bit more sense because I ain't gonna lie, the whole time you were getting your uh, doctorate, I was totally confused on what you were doing, how. I sat in on on uh, presentations and stuff like that. You presented me before you had to do it for real, and you read stuff out loud, and you got your thoughts together, but it was, like, over my head, oh. period, the whole time. <laughs> so, and, and and now now what you're talking about, it, it's making a little bit more sense, more and more, because, like you said, before or even during the whole uh, doctoral process, you just thinking about starting different programs at different schools. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, on the other side of getting a doctorate, it's like, it's more than just programs. It's a philosophy. It's a it's yeah, infrastructure. a, it's a infrastructure. It's, infrastructure. This is how things should be set up. Right. Mm-hmm. More so, than just a program. It, this is how the schools should yes, be set up from, yes. from K through 12. From not K- just a high school thing, not just, not just a middle school thing, not just mm-hmm. everything, but from K through all the way up through right. um, graduation. It should be set up in a certain kind of way, right? So you, uh, so what happens is you you turn into if you're a school that has an intervention specialist, then you got these things, right? So I was like, that doesn't work. So what if you're in a county that that's not even a job, like, right? What? But they can still have, yeah, they can still have this infrastructure, and you can see whether or not you want to employ somebody in in this position if you want um somebody who is maybe teaching two classes a day and then doing this this program the rest of the day, whether or not you want to hire just an administrator to do, like, which would be ideal is that an administrator would be working this position. Um, but now, like I said, now I'm starting to see the infrastructure and the infrastructure of it from a K through 12 standpoint, from kindergarten all the way up to your senior year. How do we take the foundation of student affairs, the practices of student affairs and implement them into K through 12 institutions? Absolutely. Okay, that makes even more sense to me now. Oh, well, I'm so glad after a year of me having a doctor, you're like, oh, that what, that's what you was working on? That's, that's what you was doing? Yeah, now I feel like I can have a conversation about it. <laughs> you about as bad as my daddy. Daddy made me, I promise you, anytime he told somebody I was getting my doctor, he'd call me, now what? Tell me what the topic is again. Oh. Y'all stop asking. Uh, like she's gonna kill me if I ask her one more time. Nah, I know, because y'all weren't paying me any attention. Just, no, we was paying attention. It was just over our heads. Uh, now, if you haven't been in there crunching some numbers, I'd be like, oh, yeah, she ain't there doing da 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 I don't know anything about numbers. <laughs> okay. So, if you want to break it down in this aspect. I'm really having an aha moment right now. Uh-huh. Ooh, had an Oprah aha moment. So, let's break it down in this aspect. Okay. You would enter a college campus. Right. And I'm going to go with, let's go with my, with um smaller campuses. We're not even going to go big. Let's think medium-sized institution, right? You have uh <sighs> Look at the fact that you have an admission staff. So that's somebody that's helping that we're doing enrollments. Right. Okay. Then you go into where you have a registrar, making sure that your schedule is in order. You have academic advisors that's making sure that you are in the proper academic classes, that you um, are on track in what you're taking, picking a major, telling you about the resources on campus, your academic advisors there just to help guide you, right? Mm-hmm. Then we have a whole department that can be over... Um, orientation so getting you oriented and acclimated to the campus making sure you know all the resources everything that you need to know as a freshman or a transfer student a new student incoming student we have orientation office 
we then go into we have our student activities or student life and engagement or student um, involvement, depending on your campus. That's making sure that there are activities that you can involve in that are within your interests that can build you, help you build a community and give you a sense of belonging to our campus. It's the whole purpose of those offices. So already we've talked about admissions, registrar, our academic advisor, orientation, and student life. Those are five different areas. Right. Now, once you think about you being in high school, who was that person, if any, of those positions? I mean, well, what I'm noticing, what, what, yeah. <laughs> what I'm noticing from what you're saying, you're just talking about the avenue that a student would take from applying, getting accepted, and then, you know, getting your class and all that kind of stuff and getting involved in campus. So initially it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to a particular school. Uh, I'll probably talk to my the guidance counselor. I'm going to definitely see them. Um, I may wait, and that's it. Might be it. There we go. Because from from yeah, from <laughs> guidance guidance counselor. Now you're just talking directly to let's let's take an athlete guidance counselor to coach or coach the guidance counselor. That's it before you get into your classes. So yeah, two people. And you talking about if that because half the time the kids get to the school. If if we're at a school like this where you're going to your zone school, yeah. I, a great example. I have a friend who told me he did not know or see a guidance counselor in person, face to face, until senior year of high school. Senior year of high school is when it happened. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that and you think about our high school, we have one guidance counselor. Yeah. One guidance counselor for all of those students. It's impossible for her to see everybody. And by right. the time she has five other other people have had a breakdown, so so you kind of okay. Wait, I'm get back to you. I gotta help this person. So there's 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 a lack of um, structure that really guarantees the the developmental areas of the student are satisfied outside of the classroom. Satisfied and maximized. Right. So what we what you what you tend to, what tends to happen is when we look at retention or um, the health and well being of students. Um, their involvement levels, your connection to the campus. In higher ed, we go to the student affairs professionals to see what can we do. But what we recognized in our district was everything was going back to the teacher asking what's going on. Yeah. So Johnny got 18 problems. We're going to go ask the teacher. The teacher has a degree in math. <laughs> and while there are other little supplemental areas that you can learn as a teacher to figure out different things, let's have other pieces of it so that it's not all on one person. That's right. what we're asking about. Right. So it's just like if I'm over student activities and I'm recognizing that my students are having issues with um, working together, collaboration, all the club members, they're fighting with their presidents, they're having these kind of issues. I may bring in somebody to facilitate discussions on teamwork, on being an effective leader, on um, collaborations, I'm going to bring in somebody to help with that, right? Because it's not going to be all responsible, all on me to do this across this big scope. Right. You get what I'm saying? And then we can say, okay, well, let's bring in some mental health professionals. Let's do, like, we, on on the campus, there are people like that. But what we'll do is now we got to reach out to community partners and community friends. That do, they're not a part of the campus. They're not a part of the culture. You got to be a part of the culture to really come in here and help right, somebody. Right, right, right. So when right. I bring in the lady down the street, she don't know our kids. What's right. she going to talk about? Right. And, and when you're dealing with you know, student kids on, on K through 12 level, um, they are all about being able to relate to you. If they cannot relate to you, it yeah. is over with. Over. And that that's going for, you know, administration, uh, guidance counselors, teachers, subs, custodians, you know, coaches. Bus drivers. B- bus drivers, advisors, whatever. Community coaches, volunteers, whatever. If you can't relate to the kids, it is over with. I've seen some some subs come in on just one day. We all know how subs operate. They come in on one day, give an assignment, and they write back out. Some subs can come in that first day and completely relatable to the school. Like, they can relate. They have no problem talking to the kids, and you good to go. On the other hand, you can have a teacher that's been there, you know, four or five years, and students still look at them like, I wish I would get up out of the class. I hate coming here. I don't like talking to them. I don't like sitting in the classroom mm-hmm. because they're not relatable. The, the kids cannot relate to them at all on, on no kind of level. And I'm not saying that, you know, they they close in age or they dress like them, they talk like them. I'm, I'm not saying that because my mom just retired, but I definitely feel like a lot of her students, if not, I'm, I ain't going to say all of them because some of them probably hated her. 
Yeah, my mom. Oh, my God. Next. Anyway, so <laughs> the point is that you're trying to be, like I said, you want to relate to the students, but also you are looking to make sure that you have all of the proper departments to Absolutely. help students on the campus that your students are at. So it would serve no purpose for me to be at one campus and saying I'm going to work on student organizations at the other campus. I'm not at how, how, houseway. So I think that, would you, my fact, let's go ahead and dig into that a little bit. Think about the fact that um, all the stuff I named has become so crucial in higher education to think of a college campus that does not have a freshman orientation or a transfer orientation or a student activities department. And we say department, we're talking about a man of like 12 people in the department. Your college is kind of looked at as um, uh, not insufficient, but lacking. Like, wow, like you could really be doing dynamic programming and things, but people go, how can you do this without more people? Because it's become a standard across the college, the collegiate world that we have all of this to help our students. They are here on our campus. We have to make sure we have everything they need so that when they enter into the classroom, they can be productive. And so what we do here is everything they need, Me, It's cold. They need jackets. So you think if they had a jacket, everything would be right in their world. That's 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 what's missing. Yeah. That's that. Because some of y'all don't know. We see the kids walk into the building with a jacket in their hand. So you mean you got a jacket. Your mom bought you one or however you got it. But you don't even put it on. Yes, because you guys think it's cute to do charity work and not developmental work. That's it. Uh, Rain alarm. Cute to do. <laughs> it's cute to do charity work and not developmental wow, work. Wow, that that's a hidden one right there. It's mm-hmm. cute to do charitable charity work, but not developmental work. I love when I see we have a food pantry and we do such and such. Show me the date on how many students come and get the food out of there. Right. Show me how many. Because I remember, okay, here we go. Hit this. Right. You remember we was at the school that had the supper program. Yeah, I knew. Where you had to force that. kids to go, because they were like, I don't want that. Yeah, don't <laughs> go to practice until you go to the cafeteria. Like, everybody stayed <laughs> They didn't even food. want the food. Had, like, I don't want that. to go to the cafeteria. Because so many of them had the money to go to Zaxby's and churches. That's what they were used to doing anyway. Right. But somewhere out in the world, somebody said, our kids don't eat. And it sounds good. It sounds sound good, good to put on these programs, but is is this what's gonna make them a better student? A better just whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get it because it's because because we want to provide things like that. You you still want that to be a supplement to your development program, mm-hmm. but it can't be the basis of your development right. program. The basis can't be that the way we help students develop is that we provide coats and eyeglasses and food. But then I have a student who does not need any of that, but still hasn't gone, hasn't received any type of resource from right. our school because right. that's the only other outside resource we have. When I say outside, I'm saying outside of the classroom. Right, right, right. Wow. Mm. It's a lot. It was heavy. We look. We, gonna, we we can we can really wrap this one up for the day and start <laughs> and go into a whole other thing for the next episode. Jesus, what is going to be the next episode? I think next is to really go into. Um, after you've realized what it is that you you are passionate about in education and the things that you want to do, when what happens when you realize it's time to leave? Mm. <laughs> Wait, what is that feeling? And we're not gonna talk about it, talk about it right now. No, we gotta talk about it right now. But Man. what is that feeling of? Hit the alarm! <laughs> <laughs> My turn to talk. It is go time. Ooh, we need sound effects. Man. I don't know how to do that. Sterling, DJ Nightmare, if you're out there, show me how to do sound effects. Man. <laughs> yeah, what's like better this time? How do you time? know when it's time to go? Yes. I'm going to tell you now, I know that the next couple episodes are going to be pretty. Like, we're we going we gonna to keep digging and digging. And I'm just appreciative of, again, I'll say this in the episodes, different educators, friends who have, in the middle of them listening to the episode, will text me. And they'll text me stuff, and I'm not realizing, like, what episode are y'all? What you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's the trip part when somebody talking about something. like, wait, 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 what, what episode are you listening to? Yes. I had a friend the other day text me, well, my favorite club in school is da 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 I said, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> he was right. like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm listening to episode such and such. And I said, okay, yeah. got you, got you. So um, we appreciate when people do that. Uh, an- another thing that one of our friends uh, mentioned that we will look into for the future, too, is um, – he was saying so much of what we talk about is relevant in the business world. 
that he's saying the same thing with leadership or feeling like you need to leave or what's your integrity, your morale or the way you want to push the company and you're, you're feeling unheard and those kind of things. So we're going to push into that too. So like I said, the next couple episodes, oh, uh, well, we're going to have, and, I, and, and if, if, if the homeboy, I ain't going to call his name out just yet, but if the homeboy come and we do this emotional episode, that's, <laughs> I ain't going to be ready. Like I'm going to give me tissue. And I ain't a crier. I cry thug tears. Oh, please. Thug tears. Oh, please. I do. Thank you very much. Make sure. You got anything else you want to say before I close this out? Mm, nope. I just greatly appreciate everybody that's listening. Keep listening. Share. Oh, you about to say all that. <laughs> you can say it too, sir. It's okay. Well, yeah. Keep listening. Um, Definitely share it. Share, share, uh, share. It's free share, to share, share people. Share it, share it, share it. When, when we make a post on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Share it, tag somebody, you know, just spread the word, spread the word. And they don't have to be educated because like you just said, um, it, some of the things that we talk about are even relevant in the business world um, and just, just across the board on, on so many different levels. So, you know, if, if you get time, listen, share, like it, tag somebody else. Hit the stars on iTunes. Hit the stars and all that We're on that iTunes, we're on Podbean, and we are on Spotify. Um, like I said, once you share it with somebody else, once you hit the stars, that helps to promote our podcast where when people type in education podcast or they type in after school talk, ours will pop up first or it'll become a podcast that's recommended to others. So this is the, the biggest thing I can say about that is just like when we help our students, there are things that you can do to help your students that cost nothing for you. And that's the beauty of social media is that you guys listening and tuning in, even if you just got it playing in the background while you're cleaning up, or like our homeboy Kelvin, who when he makes whatever drive he got to make, he puts it on in the car. That's the biggest way you can social support to us. So keep in mind that um, we need you for that support, and if we want to keep doing this. We are completely shocked at the number of people that have been listening. Like I've been blown away at the listens. I really thought we was gonna have. We on episode thirteen now, so I thought we were gonna have maybe I said ten per episode is what was gonna happen, and definitely I did what I was thinking, <laughs> definitely did. So continue to subscribe to uh, promote after school top, subscribe to the podcast. Also go over to the Right Effect, that's R I T E Effect, on Instagram and follow us there. Follow us on Twitter at Two Dukes Up, the number Two Dukes Up. Um, you can also follow me at Doctor Sharon Dukes, and anything else. I think that's it because our daughter is um, probably ready to bust out the room. She goes back and watch Barbie every time we do this, so she's probably tired of Barbie right now. Yep. <laughs> All right, talk to y'all later. Adios. You need a different outro. <laughs>